do that. Now, I don't know how many of you, right, have felt this way, but for many of you, I've spoken to you, I've spoken to your families from here to the jail system, from the jail system to the hospitals. One thing that has been consistent in everything that I have heard from people is I've heard throughout the course of the last several months how much people have been struggling with worry and fear, right? Things seem uncertain right now. And we wonder, health experts are wondering because they can't even get it fully straight. One person just came out and said, perhaps we'll have some sort of significant immunity by April. Other people have come up with all sorts of different uh, uh, answers to that question. But we, we have this question, how long is this going to go on? When will this end? How's it going to affect my business? How's it going to affect my job? How's it going to affect my paycheck? What if, what if I get sick? What happens if I'm the person that ends up getting sick? There seems to be a lot to worry about. And social media is supposed to provide us, right, with some sort of fellowship, some sort of community with each other. But every time you go on social media, you turn on the TV, you're confronted with bad news after bad news after bad news. Now, I apologize if in the first few moments of this message, I've just heaped on a whole bunch of stress and worry. But I want you to stay with me because we're going to look for a biblical answer. We're going to find a passage where Jesus talks to us about worry. The verse is one small part of the most famous sermon ever preached, and we call that sermon the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to head to Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus talks about worries, he talks about all the pressures of life, and he talks about all the common stuff that we get stressed out about. And he's specifically talking about finances in this instance. But he taught us a principle here that applies to the rest of our lives. So we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 25. It says this, Jesus speaking. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Now those are timely words. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. Why are you so stressed out about your clothes, where you live, whether or not you have enough? Isn't life more than all the stuff that you try to accumulate? Why are you getting stressed and worried about that? Then Jesus says this. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. This kind of parallels something else that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, and he repeats the same thing. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. In other words, God's got this. You ever heard that song? Maybe you heard it when you were a little kid. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? You've heard that song, but sometimes you haven't internalized the facts of that song. God knows where you are. God knows what you're facing. God knows what you fear. Jesus said, man, hey, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. In other words, they don't plant anything. Or reap. They don't store things away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you can worry? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour 
to his life. This is true. He says, actually, if you keep on worrying, you're probably going to take hours away from your life. Come on now, time out. I went through an analysis because this is not only a spiritual truth, this is a physical truth, right? You want to know what happens when you begin to worry in your life? Y'all, anybody ever been to a chiropractor or a massage therapist, right? Any of you are massage therapists or a chiropractor? All right, we got to get some in the church. Come on, it's time. So we got to start reaching your doctors for the Lord, right? So you ever been to a massage? I go to, I, I've gone to a, a, a massage therapist. I've gone to a chiropractor, man, when I really couldn't sleep. My back pain was just incredible. And in that chiropractor's office, the chiropractor started looking at my neck and he goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor in a church. He goes, oh my God, you have so much stress in and around your neck. Like you can't even move. Like there's so much stress in, in your back and your shoulders. Like, you know, you, we start to accumulate stress and stress kind of does something to us in our lives. Stress, right? If, if you're a, a person who deals with stress in all sorts of which way or forms, there are people who deal with stress by alcoholism. There are people who deal with stress by cutting themselves. There are people who deal with stress by overeating. That's my issue. If I get stressed out, man, I am like, like yesterday, right? Yesterday, I went to the Chinese restaurant, okay? And I don't, Lord, I don't be messing around with the Chinese in this area. I just don't. I'm very particular about the type of Chinese food that I eat. So I travel all the way to Warwick, New York, right? To a good Chinese restaurant that's there. Right? So I travel all the way up there, right? And when we get up there, I'm, I'm ordering. First of all, it's, it, I am just so annoyed at this point that we called in our Chinese order 30 minutes ago. And I'm over here, and they're still not done with the Chinese food. And I'm freezing my butt off outside because it was cold last night. And they only allowed three people inside the store at a time. And I'm over here out. Then I finally come back with the Chinese food. And my wife goes, the doors won't lock. I said, what do you mean the doors won't lock? He goes, the doors won't lock. I shut the car off because the doors won't lock. Said, what do you mean you shut the car off because the doors won't lock? I said, okay. I put the key in the ignition. Oh. I said, I looked back at her. I said, why? Why? Why would you shut the car? The car was, was fine. Why did you shut the car off? We could have at least made it home. I said, when the doors don't unlock, it's an electrical issue, Crystal. The battery is dead. So I'm like, I'm like, look, I, I just need a moment to myself. I said, I'm, I'm hungry. I've tried to eat healthy all day, and this was supposed to be my cheat day. And instead of getting something good, really good that I loved, you have me get Chinese food. I said, oh. <laughs> so, I, I, so she goes, she asked somebody if they could jump, jump start the car, but we had to wait a little while because they were in the Chinese food, uh, the Chinese place too, waiting online, and I'm over here stressy in beef and broccoli, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got so, my stomach started to hurt afterwards. I said, Crystal, my stomach hurts so bad. I ate too much beef and broccoli. She goes, really? You didn't eat a lot. I said, but for me now, my lifestyle has changed so much that, oh, man, like, I didn't even eat half of the beef and broccoli. I ate like a quarter of the beef and broccoli. My stomach was like killing me. But I was stress eating. Mm -hmm. Get me ice cream. Get me this, whatever. Like, that's how I do. And what happens when you do that is you start to gain weight. And when you start to gain weight, you have this thing inside of you called visceral fat. I don't care how you look on the outside. It's in the inside. 
when you get visceral fat, it makes, visceral fat is the fat that surrounds your internal organs. When that fat that surrounds your internal organs has a hard time pumping blood, what you do is you shorten your lifespan. You can't be there to meet your grandkids and your great grandkids. I want to be there to meet those people. I want to see them. I want to interact with my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. So I realized there was a change I needed to make in my life. Right? But we deal with stress in all sorts of unhealthy ways. So when Jesus says, hey, can any one of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? As a matter of fact, you can take away hours from your life. You can make your life more difficult to live when worry begins to consume you and consume your life. He says this. He says, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon. Now, if you don't know who Solomon is, Solomon is the son of King David. He is one of the kings of Israel. He is known as the wisest man who ever lived, and he was also one of the richest men who ever lived. He writes a book of the Bible called Ecclesiastes, okay? Want to know what the whole book is? The whole book is about the richest and wisest man in the world trying to find comfort and relief in his life in all of these different things, and none of it gave it to him. He goes, I've been there, done that. You want to get rich? I've been there. It doesn't provide any relief for your life. You want to have all the spouses and women of the world? I've been there. Solomon had over 700 concubines, wives, and over 400 concubines. He could have a woman for every day of the year, Three times over. Right? Breakfast, lunch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Close your ears, children. <laughs> but but he, he finds that, you know, for you guys who are saying, I, I'm going to be happy when I get into a relationship. It's not going to go down. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy then. You're saying, oh, I'm going to get happy when, when I hit that number in the bank, when I have the house. If you ain't happy now, it's not going to get happy then. Right? He says this, that Solomon, not in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus was talking about the weight you feel every day, decision after decision, pressure after pressure, worry after worry. Jesus says, you of little faith. Don't, don't you trust me? If you trusted me, you would know I'm willing to carry all of that for you. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to be obsessed with worry. You don't have to be consumed by fear in your life. So do not worry, he says. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Y'all saying, well, I get the bonuses here. Am I going to get the raise? Can I find that house? What about that car? What about college? What's going to happen with COVID? What's going what's to happen in my life? Are we going to make it? What should I do? Don't worry about all that stuff. And he says this. He continues on. Can we put this up on the screen for the pagans? He says, for the pagans, the people who don't even believe in God, the people that believe that when you die, it's over, that there's nothing else to live in this life. The pagans, they run after all these things. But your heavenly father, he already knows you need them. That's powerful. The follower of Jesus does not need to give in to worry and fear because your heavenly father knows what you need. God understands your needs. 
God understands the pressure you're under. God knows when you're anxious. God knows what you're worried about. He is not some sort of distant God who is far away from you pulling at the strings of your life. Your heavenly father knows what you need. I think the key word here is need, though. Sometimes what you want is not what you need. If you're a parent, you get that. If your kid receives everything they want, I'm going to tell you right now, it will destroy them. You want that brand new car, Poppy? No problem. Okay. You just taught them that you don't work hard for anything in life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill in apartment B for the rest of my life in mommy and daddy's house. Now you got to fly sometime. Oh, you want all the candy you want? Okay, puppy, no problem. Here's all the candy you want. Then when you're taking them to the dentist and the dentist is torturing them with a drill in their mouth because they got 20 different cavities in their mouth, right? Then what? Oh, no, you, you said, you, you cursed at me. You could punch me. You could slap me in the face. You know, when you're a kid, no problem. I'm not going to say, it's okay, puppy. I get it. I understand. When they hit you, you ain't going to be the only woman that they hit in their life. They learned it from you. You didn't realize you were teaching it to them. But you were teaching them it's okay not to have boundaries in their life. We know. We know as parents. You don't give kids everything that they want. It will destroy them. But you, man, you do everything it takes to give them everything they need. I'm not going to go out, right? I'm not going to go out. And my kid tells me, I want a brand new 2021 BMW. And I'm like, okay, papi, no problem. I'll get the third and fourth job to provide it for you. I'm going to tell them, no, you, you want it, you go out, you work for it. Right? But if my child has no groceries, has no sustenance, has no heat, has no clothing upon themselves, then you bet I'm going to get the third, fourth, the fifth, the sixth job to provide whatever they need. Then in the next verse, Jesus gives us this principle. He says, let me, let me tell you, I, I want to give you a whole different approach as to how you can live life. A whole different approach to that everything on your own, everything you need. An approach that's going to help you handle stress and worry. Here, here it is. Here's the approach. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, if you figure out how to put first the kingdom of God. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a promise. Remember, God is speaking. He never goes back on his word. His promises are true. Here it is. All those things that you're so worried about that you need, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to handle that. I know what you need. I know you want to educate your children. I know you want to live somewhere safe. I know you have bills. I know you're concerned about COVID. I know all of that. But if you will prioritize your life and put me first, I will take care of your needs. You can go to bed at night confident that it's all going to work out because I have been put first because you've invited me in. Come on now. When you live kingdom first... And your wife tells you, I don't want to be with you anymore. And you fought and you struggled. You say, okay, you don't want to be with me more. I fought, I struggled, I presented you before the Lord. But I think it's time that you fly on by because God must have something better for me. 
You don't want to be in a relationship with me. You got all angry. You don't want to be my friend anymore. No problem. You don't want to be my friend anymore. I tried. I reconciled. I did everything to build in love with you. You don't want it anymore. No problem. God is going to send me something better. This is what happens when you live kingdom first. Wouldn't you like to live that way? Wouldn't that be better? They left me. No, no, time out. No. They left me. They left me. They left me. God got something better. He got something better. Come on. They don't want this. They don't want what God has, has given to them. They, and I'm not saying that we just up and leave people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you put in the work to stay. When you've been a godly witness to your spouse. And they're not responding and they want out. There's some people that want out in your life. And you need to open the door and let them let them out. Wow. They're not a benefit. His kingdom first. Now y'all like his kingdom first, right? Here's what you don't like. My kingdom second. But that's the clear instruction from God. Put his kingdom first. Make your first priority the kingdom of God. Put that before every other consideration. Regardless of your worries or your fears, always put God's kingdom first. Let's just think about this. I wonder what your relationships would look like if your first priority was his kingdom and righteousness. If you live that way, I just want you to think, imagine of the pitfalls that you would avoid in your life. You would have never been in that relationship. You would have never been in that marriage. That relationship that was godly just might have worked out had you put God's kingdom first. We lose our way when we do not put his kingdom first. Wouldn't you like to start that area of your life over again? Putting God first every time. Once his kingdom and righteousness. Putting him first as your priority. When you do that, you avoid a lot of headaches in your life. I wonder this. Listen to me, those who are watching online, those who are here in person. What would your schedule look like if you placed his kingdom first? If his kingdom and his righteousness were your first priority, how would that affect how valuable you see coming into or engaging with a church service? How would that affect your, your ministry involvement? How would it affect your, your time with God? Let me tell you, if you say, I, I got nothing to say, I don't know how, where to start. Let me tell you, just go to Amazon.com and pick up a 30-day devotional book and send it to you. Just, just take a moment to read that every day, and it'll encourage you, and it'll be your time that you spend with God. And what would your stress levels be like if his kingdom was first? Let me tell you, I had a Jewish rabbi, right? A Jewish rabbi. I was doing practically confession with him. I was just letting it all out. Letting it flow from my life. And, and, and he goes, I, I thought about everything that you told me. He goes, could the, the concerns that you have in your heart be linked to your prayer life. I said, ooh, the rabbi schooled me. <laughs> the rabbi told me to seek the kingdom first. And then maybe things will start going down a little bit. In the areas of your finances, what would it look like if you put God's kingdom first? If you pursued his kingdom and his righteousness before anything else, how would that affect 
where you put your money. How would that affect your credit card, your spending habits? If the priority was God's kingdom instead of your kingdom, what would change in your life? The natural reaction is to think, what am I going to give up? The fear is if, if I have to put God first, then I have to do without something. Man, I've heard it so many times before in my life. If I do, Pastor, what you're suggesting in relationships, I'll never have a date my entire life. No, you'll just never have a date with the wrong person. Hello. I'd like to put God first, Pastor, but I got my needs, you know. Clock is ticking, Pastor. I'm a woman. I only got a certain amount of time. Clock is ticking, Pastor. I'm a guy. I don't come on to put God's kingdom first. You say, ah, that sounds good, Pastor. But I don't have enough time to put God first. I've got meetings, schedules, family, entertainment. If I try to spend time with God every day, if I go to church every week, how will I ever do the things that I want to do? Putting on first involves giving up too much, Pastor. If I put God first in my money, if I do the whole tithing thing, Pastor, 10% of my income, how am I ever going to replace that? You don't understand, Pastor. I got bills. I got plans and things I really want and need. It just doesn't make sense to put God first, especially now. I can't afford to trust and obey God. I've got to take care of me. Now, I think that sounds silly when I say it, doesn't it? Let me tell you, you cannot, you, 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 you cannot afford not to give. Not to put his kingdom first in your finances, in your relationships, in your life. You think God is unreasonable sometimes, so you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to put my kingdom first. I'm going to put his kingdom second. And then you wonder why you have problems in the very area where you refuse to make God a priority in your life. You leave him out of relationships and then wonder why your relationships keep on going wrong. And you say, Pastor, it's just not fair. Why is God doing this to me? I don't deserve it. Why can't I ever be in a healthy relation? Why do I have all the bad luck? Why are all the bad guys attracted to me? Why serve God if this is all I get? Come on now. You attracting what you putting out there. You getting what you put out. You want to put God's kingdom first? Then you're going to have a certain thing. You know, I like I, one of the things I love doing online. It is like a secret little habit that I have. And Crystal hates it. I like going on Zillow, right? And I like looking at houses. And I pray. I pray. I'm like, God, provide, please. In due season, Lord. And I just kind of start looking at houses on Zillow. And they have this really cool button on Zillow, right? If, if I want to say, I want a house in, in this area, right? It's going to show me houses that are millions of dollars. And, and $2 million and $700,000. And I'm thinking, that's, that's out of my, my bracket. I'm not trying to mess with those houses. I've got a family of five right now. And it's about to be a family of six. So a two-bedroom ain't going to really work for me. So I got to put a filter in to get the proper amount of bedrooms that I want for a house. Y'all go into a house sometimes, ladies in particular, right? Y'all go into a house sometimes and you're like, you're, you're touring a house when you're about to buy and you're like, the color's not quite right. The floors are not really good. They're not really what I want. The, mm, the kitchen don't look good. These bathrooms definitely need to be updated. The driveway, I don't like it. The surrounding community, I don't like it. The schools are not good for my kids. I don't want to be in this community. Y'all need to be as picky about your men as you are about the place that you live in. 
Men of God, you need to be as picky about your women as you are about the vehicle you drive in and the tools that you have to work on your car and the oils that you put inside your vehicle. Y'all need to apply the filter. Y'all can't accept everything that comes in because everything that comes in is not meant to be accepted. The devil sometimes sends some things that appear good to come into your life. You want to know why things keep on going the same way over and over again? It's because you haven't clicked the filter feature. You leave God out of your schedule and then you wonder, hey, why do you feel so stressed? There's too much to do, so little time. You leave God out of your finances and then you wonder, hey, why can I barely make it? Why can I even get, ever get a break? And you get mad at God for not doing what you expect even though you left him out of the equation. The truth is that God wants to be involved. You just have different priorities. You have things that are coming before him. And Jesus understood that tendency. He understood your struggles with priority, with worry, and with control. So he gave you a promise after the command. He said, he said here it is. If you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, when you do, all these things will be given to you as well. These things that you're striving for, these things you can't live without, the relationship you want so desperately, the financial breakthrough that you need, that peace instead of worry and stress. Your heavenly father knows what you need. In fact, the truth is he knows what you need better than you. You ever have those days where you wake up and you don't even know why I'm in a bad mood today. I'm just angry. I'm angry. I'm hangry. I'm all sorts of different stuff that is going on. Now, I, shh, don't tell my wife. But I know this better than anyone because she's pregnant. And that means what she wants to eat changes every day. And what she wanted the day before isn't what she wants now. And what made her happy the day before isn't what made her happy now. I know it changes every day. The other day we went out, man. <laughs> I love you, Crystal. I'm sorry for shouting you out. We went out. It was Wednesday. I'm, I'm in this class, right? I'm in this class. I, I, put my, I put my headphones on. I typically don't leave my office when I'm in this class. I put my headphones on, and I'm like, let's, let's enjoy the day. It's 50 degrees. She's like, I want to go for a walk. I'm like, okay, let's take the kids for a walk. We walk all the way to the fire station, the fire department, right? She looks up at the sky, at the sun. She goes, Tom, and tears are coming down her eyes. She goes, Tom, you don't know how happy I feel right now. <laughs> Oh, the weather's so good now. <laughs> Yo, you don't even know what's messing with your emotions in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm in the doghouse today. It's all good. <laughs> you don't even know what's messing with your emotions sometimes. But God already knows. He knows what you need better than you. And if you'll just put his kingdom first, he'll take care of all that. Put him first in your relationships and watch the transformation that's going to take place. Sweet, you want to know how quickly? Where, where are you, John? Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here, Poppy. Come. Come, 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 come. Right here. Help me out. Come, 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 come. We're at a movie theater, right? We're at a movie theater together. I'm a, I'm a Christian man, right? He's a Christian lady, right? We're at a movie theater together. Everything is dark, right? Oh, isn't this a great 
Isn't this a great movie? Isn't it a really good, good movie? Right? So you know, you know what you're supposed to do when you get out of there? I got boundaries. And if you want to date me, I got boundaries that I have put in place. And if you don't like those boundaries, then you can go. Come on. He, he's a lady, right? He's a lady. I'm a guy, right? I'm a come because I want you to know there's signals that you get that you don't pay attention to. There's red flags that you go up, right? I'm, I'm angry at you. Yo, you tick me off. Yo, why didn't you do this? Yo, why didn't you do that? Yo, what's wrong with you? Come on, man. The second that a guy starts getting all riled up with you when you're dating him is the second that you can say, I have boundaries. And the next time that you touch me, you're going to be out that door quicker than anything or perhaps in a prison cell. If you can't understand that or get with that, then we are done. Thank you. Y'all need to be willing to say it's over. It's over. I will not entertain this mess any longer. If you don't like it, go. God will send someone else. Put them first in your schedule and watch the difference that it makes. Y'all need to know something right now. I'm going to give you guys a clue in something. You ready? The Bible says those who don't eat, those who don't work, don't eat. Right? You got to work. You got to work for what you have. But in that same token, some of y'all have taken that to mean that you need to be slaves to the workplace. I want you to be, I want this to be clear and as bright as day for all of y'all right now. So that you get it. So that you understand it. The only thing that's constant in your life is going to be God and your family. If you abandon either of those two things, you are in a heap of mess. You see the same way that you go into work and hustle for your job is the same way that when they find somebody that they think can do it better than you or that you take them off is the same way you are off the payroll and in the pink slip and in the unemployment office. Some of you guys work to the bone and slave for companies. They don't care about you. And you want to be putting in all the hours like that's your family. Time out. No. My family's at home. I work to feed them. They're my family. It's not the other way around. I know this. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what organization you're a part of. You could be part of a, a, a nonprofit, you could be part of a Fortune 500 company, you could be part of Apple, Google, and have the, a great little play workspace. They could give you naps to take during the day, a room to take naps in during the day. They, it, they could, it could be a church and have you. I've learned this the hard way. I've learned it the hard way. I could be everything for somebody. Go out of my way whenever they need me. And I could say, I can't, you know what, right now is COVID season. I really can't go in your house right now. I know you want me to visit you, but I can't go into your house right now. My wife is pregnant. And then, <laughs> what? You're not serving me well, Pastor. Time out. I'm not going to risk the life of my unborn child to be up in your home to fix the mess that you have created for years. Because I understand this better than anyone. People will take you in. They'll love you right now the second that you can't provide for them and their needs. And what they want is the second that they'll kick your behind to the curb. You are expendable. You are replaceable. But you ain't replaceable to your family. There will only be one you. Only one mom. Only one dad, you are not expendable to your family. 
place your priorities in order. Put them first in your money and watch your financial situation change. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I've learned this with my schedule, man. From time to time, I get overwhelmed. Now, I knew what I was getting into when I signed up for this job, so I'm not complaining. Please don't get me wrong. I know it's part of the deal, but there are days where it's too much to handle. And there aren't enough hours in the day or days in the week, and the stress and the passion mounts and mounts. And my tendency is to get involved in my work and to lower my, uh, my emotional uh, levels to a place where it's like borderline depression. And my tendency is to shorten my prayer time because, after all, I've got a lot to do. I've learned, though, to do the exact opposite. When there aren't enough hours in the day, you need to stop and pray. When the pressure is intense, you need to become more intentional with your time with God. You need to get up earlier. You need to find a place by yourself. You need to spend the first part of your day with him. When you do, man, something miraculous happens. The pressure begins to ease. I may still have the same amount of things to do, but it isn't intimidating anymore. Why? Because I'm applying the principle and receiving the promise. Pastor Tom said, I want to go, and I want to get healthy. I, I, I am not feeling good about myself. I'm not feeling good about my life right now. I want to go. I want to get healthy. I want to gain some abilities, right? And so one of the things that I decided that I was going to do is I was going to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was going to get into the gym, and I was going to get healthy with my life. Now, let me tell you something. There are, do, you think, do you think I want to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning in the gym? It's dark outside. And it's cold right now. I don't, I, I don't want to be in a gym right now at 5 o'clock in the morning. I definitely don't. As a matter of fact, I, 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 think, I'm, I think ungodly thoughts sometimes. Man, at 5 o'clock in the morning, very ungodly thoughts. The other day, it was, it was Friday, and it was snowing, right? It was snowing hard outside, and I'm thinking to myself, mm, I think this is a good excuse to call and say, mm, I don't think I can go today. But I pushed myself out of bed. I said, no, no, no. I, I, I want change in my life. So I need to push myself to the change that I want. I got to put the hard work. I got to get the discipline. And then when I get home, I can't be munching on Doritos and bagels and white rice and pastas. You know, I cannot eat like, you know, two different plates. I got to, I got to cut my portions down. So I, I eat and I eat and I'm now satisfied with a plate the size of the plate that I serve my children to eat. I could eat a Happy Meal, well, not necessarily, I don't like McDonald's, uh, and be happy. <laughs> the deal is this, you can't expect results in your Christian life if you're not putting in the time. Oh, I serve God. Yeah, but where's your time with God? Where's your devotional life with God? Where's your time where you read the scriptures? Where's your time where you study God's word? Where's your time where you let God speak into your heart? Where is that time? Because the truth is, is if I just sat down on a couch all day and said, I want to lose 20 pounds, my body's going to laugh at me and I'm going to gain. I'm going to do the exact opposite. But some of us function in our Christian life like that. We say, oh, I, I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want God to bless me in my life. But we're not putting the time in. And we're definitely not doing it with any type of consistency. Right? You want the promise, apply the principle. Let me tell you, my mom taught me this principle with money, too. I remember when I was a kid. Parents, y'all got to teach your kids about this. My first allowance was 50 cents. 50 cents a week. 
That was my first. I was so happy when I got my first allowance. Guess what? The first five cents, it went to God. Now I, I know, I know that a nickel probably didn't make a difference in the budget of that church. But it made a difference for me. For over 30 years, I've given at least the first 10% of my income in good times and in very, very difficult times. Even when my future was uncertain, my tithe never was. We are living in uncertain times. Fear and worry will drive us to a place that we want to put our kingdom first instead of God. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered this miraculous thing. Y'all ready? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. God has been faithful. He has always taken care of us, and he knows what we need. So many people will tell me, they'll say, well, pastor, when I have extra, then I'll trust God. Let me tell you, you know that's not true. Want to know why? You got the increase in income and it didn't happen. You started a business, it didn't happen. The government dropped free money for you from the sky in your bank account and it still didn't happen. You got a bonus and it still didn't happen. Because in our culture, you never have extra. You spend as much as you make or more than you make. It's not a question of money, friends. It's a question of priorities. And it's not just money. It's in every area of your life. If you put God's kingdom first, he will respond by taking care of your needs. That's biblical. That's his promise. Don't get so consumed, friends, with trying to manage your life that you worry more than you pray. Don't spend more time watching coronavirus news than you spend with God. Now, maybe more than any time in our lives, we need to make room for God in our lives. You ever heard that, that term, you are what you eat? You are what you eat. It's the same thing with your spiritual life. You are what you consume. You are consuming. Y'all want to be plugged on CNN and Fox News. And, oh, my goodness. The Congress did what? They're doing this? Oh, COVID what? There's three new variants? The vaccine's this? Oh, somebody this? Uh, what do you think's going to happen to your life? You've just been discipled by the news. You just took it in. Want to know what's going to happen? You know what gains ratings? It isn't puppies on on CNN, Fox News, NBC, ABC, CBN, TBN, whatever you watch. It isn't puppies that's getting them ratings. It's fear. If they can pump you to a place of enough fear, then, then they'll get their ratings up. Every single one of those agencies. And they do it to their specific type of political leaning. They know what gets you fearful. Right? For Fox News, they'll put up something. The border wall and the migrants and this and that. And then on MSNBC, they'll put up something like, the greenhouse gases are blowing up and we won't be here in nine years, right? They're going to do something to tailor to your specific inclinations to draw you into a place of fear. You are what you eat. You consume so much of this. You consume so much of it in the world. You have those conversations at your workplace with sometimes people who are having ungodly conversations with you. Y'all need to do a few things. Filter, right? 
I don't want to have that type of conversation with you. I know what Betty did. I know she didn't do that thing right in that room. But I don't feel like conversating with you about it. Because it ain't none of my business. And it ain't none of yours either. Y'all need a filter. Shut conversations down. You have those type of conversations at work where somebody is just filling you in with all the garbage. and Y'all got to come home and take and spend some time with the Lord and have a, a, some, for some of y'all who are moms and dads, you get home and you immediately go into your house. I want you to do a change for me. Could you do this change for me, really? Real quick. Could you do me a favor? Could you download the U version, right, on your phone? And could you download a Bible reading plan that alerts you at the same time that you get home from work? And I want you to take a moment to read through an inspirational verse of scripture and to pray for about five minutes right before you enter through the door of your house. And I want you to say, I'm detoxing right now. I've been to the workplace. I dealt with the stress there. This is my five minutes where I'm going to leave what happened at work, at work, and I'm going to be present for my family, and I'm going to detox right now. Take a few minutes. This really all really connects with a message that we just did last year, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Y'all remember this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Straight paths are a result of trusting with all your heart and acknowledging him in all of your ways. When you put your confidence in the Lord, he responds by clearing the way for you. There's a connection. There's a common principle here, right? Don't get upset at me. I'm just the messenger here. God's way is better than your way. Newsflash. God's plan is better than your plan. God knows what you need. And when you put your trust in him, and when you put his kingdom first, instead of relying on your own resources, you get to rely on his. God says this to us this morning. He says, if you'll make me the priority, if you make my kingdom the priority, if you will put my kingdom first, I'll take care of all those other things you're worried about. I'll take that stress, that pressure from you, and I'll exchange it and I'll give you rest. Ooh. I'll give you sleep. You can have peace instead of panic. You can have joy instead of fear. You can have confidence instead of worry. Why? Because I'm taking care of you. I got you. You know what I like to view my time with God is? My time with God where I really just clear the space. I just think of myself on a tropical island. Somewhere. And I'm just swinging in a hammock with a pina, virgin pina colada. With a pina colada. A pina colada just chilling with God, right? He's giving me his rest. I'm giving him, I'm giving him the sanitation department. I'm giving him waste management. I'm giving him the dumpster. And he's giving me the tropical island with peace and rest in it, riding on the hammock. I like the exchange, right? It sounds really good when you think about it. Now, I just want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that your response to panic and worry will be worship and prayer. And a trust in an unchanging God who loves you. But you have a promise from God. Ready? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I want you to do this, right? Here's what I want you to do. Ready? Here's your homework. This is some serious homework. I want you 
to write a schedule of your week. And then I want you to take and I want you to insert in that schedule family time. Prayer time with my spouse. Some of y'all want to be taking your spouses and being like, let's go into the player closet for an hour. Time out. Unless there's other things getting done in the closet. <laughs> Don't be spending no hour up in there. Some people can't handle that type of, of, of thing. Just, just take your spouse and be like, let's, let's just spend five minutes. Let's spend five minutes praying together daily. We're going to make it a habit. Let's spend five minutes praying together. He, he, oh, here. I'm going to insert a time where my phone's going to alert me and I'm going to have a devotional come through. I'm going to read it. I'm going to ponder on it for a second. That's, when you ponder on the Word of God, it's called meditating on the Word of God. I'm going to meditate on the Word of God and I'm going to be prepared for my day. On, on Sundays, unless my work schedule absolutely comes in the way, Sundays, 9.30, 11 o'clock, is my priority with God. That's my time and my appointment with God. Oh, I want to have a birthday party that day. Okay, I'll meet you at the birthday party after 10.30 in the morning when the service is over. It just lasts an hour. I'm going to meet you over there. No problem. We can have family time after my time with God is done. Right? Y'all need to fit in and look at your schedule and say, where is God in this? How am I putting God first? How am I putting his kingdom first? Because your schedule, your finances, your relational choices, all of those things speak to whether or not God is first in your life. So we want to get this right. Why? Because there's blessings. <laughs> take care of the house of the Lord. God will take care of your house every, every, every single time. Every single time. I shared this with you before, but before we get to worship, I shared, I received devastating news back in it was 2017 or 2018, around that time frame. Devastating news, man. I was in the gym. I was working out at that point, and I'm a very emotional person, so this totally took me off the track, man, and I'm just crying. I'm in tears, hysterical in the car, and, uh, and I called my wife. I let her know what had just gone down. And, um, and she goes, well, um, Debbie, who is, you haven't seen her in, in quite some time because of COVID, but Debbie works at Mountain Creek and she, she attends our church and she, she got us some passes to go to, um, to one of the hotels to spend the day in, in just the pool. And so, so Crystal's like, oh, you know, maybe we should just take the kids out and go to the pool for the day and you'll, we'll relieve stress. So I'm just stressed out. I get home and I'm like, okay, Debbie's giving me the all clear. She's telling me that we're, we're great. We can, we can go today. Today works out well. I'm in the bathroom. My phone, I'm putting on my bathing suit. My phone starts ringing. And it's the church's line. And, uh, and I'm like, yes, who is this? She goes, yes, is this, is this Pastor Tom? I'm like, yes, yes it is. How may I help you? I get calls for all sorts of stuff all the time so I'm, I, I thought it was somebody from the church and they were going to ask me for something I, I thought it was a specific person because the voice sounded the same and the person goes oh you come highly recommended to me I'm like highly recommended to you for what she goes oh do you you speak Spanish and, and English is that correct I said yes I speak Spanish and English she goes oh we're looking for a chaplain for the Bergen County Jail 
to come in and to be with the guys. Now I just lost an employment opportunity that I thought would change my life. And I didn't even apply for this job. <laughs> I didn't even put my resume in. <laughs> and somebody somewhere, before I even got the call, somebody was recommending me. <laughs> And God hadn't even gotten to the point where this woman would call me until after my moment of devastation. But that is how God works when you put his kingdom first. He will show up and show out every single time. Y'all ever heard this term negatively before? Showboat? Y'all ever heard that negative before? There's a term that says a showboat. Oh, that person's a showboat. It was very popularized during the last four years. Showboat. God's a showboat kind of God. He likes to dazzle you. He likes to show you what he can do. The Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That means he likes to sell those every once in a while and deposit some blessings up in your life. But those blessings happen when we put his kingdom first in our lives. And God will prosper you. You ever heard of the Midas touch? Everything you touch turns to gold there's the Jesus touch everything you touch when you walk with Christ and put his kingdom first turns to blessing everything that's the hand of God over your life so I want to encourage you let's walk in this together let's say we're going to put his kingdom first we're going to prioritize him and we're going to see how heaven's gates are going to open up and the rain of heaven will fall down and the blessings of God will pour out. Amen. Let's worship the King. Come on, come on, church. Rise to your feet. Let's worship. Let's worship, worship, worship.